I'm sure we All could. Right. Oh, definitely. So welcome, Ainsley. I have to tell you, you know absolutely nothing about me because we've never met and I have right. never taken, um, had a session with you and your work this year, pivotal, profound, potent. I stepped into a portal in 2020, so I guess last year, where I was ready to receive your wisdom and guidance. It was like a door, almost like sliding doors, you know, when you right. just kind of walk on. I've, I did not hear you on Oprah. I don't know any of your famous stuff that I ended up learning about, but I read all your books and listened to you on all these wonderful podcasts and the way in which you spoke, wrote, and teach was so profoundly important this year with challenges I was facing. Oh, I'm um, so I'm so honored to me to be. I mean, part I of that. I keep telling everyone. I keep sending links to your books and saying you have to listen to this. This will help you understand some of these questions we have about life. Yeah. Um, the racial justice aspect of how you teach. This is a really big difference about why I wanted to have you um, on the podcast and in the community is because um, I have been in spiritual quote unquote yoga and meditation and Buddhist communities for a long time and have left many of them because of the bypass and the uh, refusal to talk about racism and racial justice within sort of white wellness, spirituality and community. And so picture this year, I'm just kind of sitting here, like, what do I do? I feel my soul and spirit. I'm connecting with ancestors and guides and I don't know how to make sense of all of this. And then here you walk in, like walk into my life and you explain it all. <laughs> so welcome. Well, good, good to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Will you tell everyone a little bit about what you do and, and how you got here? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, in a nutshell, what I do, my, my day job, if you like, is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I spend a lot of time every day reading people. Um, and my, my particular specialty is to look at past lives with a view to kind of releasing blocks that stem from other incarnations to really help you to live your life fully in the present and, and of course, into the future. So past lives are a really big part of what I do. And one of the things that, you know, I've been doing this for about 20 years. And uh, just as, when I started doing the work, it was just I found more and more that past lives were a feature. And I, I discovered that people could blow through some huge fears very, very quickly just uh, by finding a past life source. So many of the things that we're dealing with, um, they're not from this life. And, I you know, I think to, uh, to try to understand yourself or try to heal without taking into consideration past lives, I, mean, I think it's, it's near impossible, if you ask me. So I, I got into it. I fell into it. I was, you know, I never thought... This is not like, you know, I didn't see the, the, the career guidance counselor at school and, and, you know, come up with, oh, I'm going to be a psychic. It was, um, in fact, I, I resisted it quite a lot because I kept hearing from psychics that I was psychic and I should be doing something with it. And I, I just thought other people are psychic, not me. I never felt 
<clears throat> you know, I never felt that way. Um, later, you know, once I started doing the work, I realized I could look back on my life and see dozens of moments where it was clearly a you know, psychic moment or you know, precognition or something like that. But um, it really took, it took me until I was in my 40s to really accept that this was my path. It's, it was something that I should be doing. And I'm so glad I paid attention. You know, it's extremely fulfilling and I love my work. And uh, I can't believe now that I put it off so long. You know, it got to a point mm. where, the, where the spirit world is kind of going, oh my God, is he ever <laughs> going to, is he ever going to do anything with this? No. Oh, I wanted to ask you, because I've read this part of your story where your uncle comes. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell a little bit of that? Because my question when I read that was like, did you have any doubt? Oh, God. No. <laughs> well, certainly no doubt. Okay, I'll, I'll just, uh, yeah. just to explain what Frame happened. It. Yeah. Yeah, this is really just at a time when I was going through like a, I guess, a spiritual awakening. Um, I'd come out of a, a very uh, hectic marriage, and I was finally living a more quiet life. I'd moved to the West Coast and uh, decided to take a trip to Hawaii. Um, I have some past lives in Hawaii, so I thought, well, maybe this is somewhere I'm drawn to. Um, you know, I thought I might even live there um, at one point. As it turns out, all I needed to do was just go back and re-experience some of the good stuff from a past life, which is what a lot of people do when they're traveling, by the way. <laughs> so I, I, I was just wandering around in a a bookshop, Borders Bookshop in, in Hawaii. And I was, I'd ha actually had a session with a psychic the day before and she'd said something about, and then I'd heard this numerous times from psychics. They would say, oh, your uncle John, he's a spirit guide. He wants to work with you. And he'd been, he'd been deceased for about 10 years at that point. But I was a non-believer, you know, even though I had psychic experiences or drawn to that and he was a non-believer as well and I, of course when i hear that people saying oh he's a spirit guide i'm going yeah right can't can't imagine him doing that but so i, I it was the day before that uh, or the morning of i can't remember exactly at the time but um i'd had a session with a psychic in in hawaii and she said you know, your, oh, your uncle John is, he really wants to work with you. And I'm going, oh gosh, you know, there was part of me was going, you know, when a psychic would mention my uncle John, I go, yeah, John's a common name. Yeah. Probably just, you know, mm -hmm. lucky guess or something. Uh, so anyway, there I am wandering around this, this bookshop and I knew I was in a completely altered state. I'm going, oh, you know, what's, what's wrong with me? And then I just uh, turned a corner and my uncle appeared about maybe maybe 18 inches away from me on the side. And he just, he was there only for a moment, but real, like super, like just a, as if a real person was just there for a second. So unmistakable and almost more real than I could picture him in my imagination. It was, it was kind of interesting, but the message from him was much longer and it was about working together. And, uh, you know, basically time's come, you really need to, uh, know be doing this work so I actually left it a few days I, I, I went back to uh, I was living in a houseboat in, in California and it was nice and quiet and it was really the first time I'd had peace and quiet in my life and so I thought well I'll just um, let me open up to the spirit world and see what happens so I just uh, give it a try and found that I could I could communicate I described my early attempts as being quite rudimentary 
I mean, it wasn't like I just suddenly found, oh yeah, I can have these conversations with the spirit world. It was like mm. very, very stop start. You know, what, what, it would take me an hour to do what I can do in 30 seconds now, but that's just practice, you know, just yeah. uh, at this point, I've been doing it for, for so long, but yeah, that was a big, uh, that, that was really the big awakening for me. It was, it was not the first time the spirit world had tried to get my attention, but it was the big one, for, you know, it changed my life completely. And did you have like people around you and your friends and family saying what's happening to you or how did you kind of go through that process? Cause there are a lot of people in our community who have intuitive, um, tendencies and who are listening and noticing synchronicities and there's fear there's fear oh. of relationship loss of people not believing them so can you talk a little bit about that uh yeah uh, oh my gosh well you know i realized this, when i started talking about these things you know when you get really interested in something you you want to talk about it uh, and, yeah. you know <laughs> yes. I, and and your books <laughs> yeah I mean, well you know I, i'd be i'd be going oh my gosh I, w- I want to talk about this and so um oh i i remember seeing plenty of people's eyes glaze over and just like you know <laughs> oh, what, whatever me and you know my, me and my spirit guides and uh i actually had some big past life fears around rejection yeah. self-expression yeah. judgment and so on and so i was very concerned about how i would be perceived what would people think of me um my family were were pretty horrified <laughs> my parents my elderly parents in scotland very worried about what the minister might think yeah. you know it, it or people in the community so um you know, when I ended up, you know, having some like interviews with Oprah, for example, you know, I, I describe myself as the only person I think who's ever been interviewed by Oprah, whose family didn't want anyone to know <laughs> <laughs> what the topic was. <laughs> I, I, I put it, I put in my, my book, there was a moment I was back in Scotland uh, for a trip. And uh, my brother and I, we went for a, a couple of pints in the local pub we've been going to f- forever. And he, I said, okay, there's something I want to talk to you about. I've been an illustrator at that point for, for about 20 years. And so, and doing quite well. And so, so I said to my brother, who's not at all into spiritual matters, I said, okay, I've decided to give up being an illustrator to become a psychic. And am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, he's got his, he's got his pint of beer to his mouth like this. And he goes, looks at me like totally deadpan. He goes, so what's your website then? Barkingfuckingmad.com. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have barkingfuckingmad.com. If you go to it, it, link, it, links, it links to, to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so there was not, I wouldn't yeah. say I had radical acceptance from anybody yeah, got it. <laughs> close, you know? Um, yeah. It, it, I, in fact, a lot of resistance, you know, um, I'd found out about generally anything I wanted to do in my life. And I think a lot of people get this is yeah. people know you for what you're doing. And then when you say, well, I want to do this, you know, I have this dream or whatever. Right. They want to keep you back and put you back in the box you know what's familiar to them so you know every time i've made a change in my life you know okay i'm going to be a freelance illustrator whatever it is oh the naysayers were everywhere you know oh you'll never make a living it's uh you know uh, are you good enough all that that sort of stuff so i i got a lot of that when when i was telling people yeah i'm going to be a psychic you know because one of my 
I guess, guiding principles is that if you're going to do something, you, you do it, you, you know, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be half-assed, but the problem I had in the early days was the, were the fears. And these are past life fears, and they come from things like abandonment in a past life. You, by the way, have one of those past lives we can talk about later. Yeah. And so I, it, it was all, you know, what are people going to think? And so initially I was, I was trying to find different terms, you know, instead of saying I was a psychic, I was looking for different terms to describe myself. But <laughs> then people would just end up going, I have no idea what you do. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was so self-conscious about using the word psychic that um, I would, I would mumble it. And then I found that the challenge was that if you do mumble what you do, and somebody asks you to repeat it, then everyone hears, <laughs> you know, so I was actually at a party where the host's deaf father was asking me what I did for a living. And I, this is like 20 years ago and I sort of mumbled psychic and he's going psychotherapist psychiatrist <laughs> you know like eventually I'm yelling psychic and kind of around around that time my my kids who were little at the time they got me uh, my birthday present they got me personalized plates from my car which read p5ych1c which is psychic of course and uh, and so I couldn't exactly you know, I didn't want to disappoint my little kids by going, oh, my God, I'm not putting that on my car. Um, you know, it was already it was my midlife crisis, sport, red sporty car. You know, I, I thought, well, this is, <laughs> you know, it was already attracting the attention of the cops. And now and now I've got like psychic on it. But I, I, I just I thought, well, I don't want to hurt them. And it was great. Put, put it on the car. And then, you know, I just thought, what the hell? You know, why am I? you know, really worried. Yeah. It's just a, like a moment, like a little epiphany. Yeah. I'd, I'd done some past life work and it really just kicked in. And it was like, who cares? So I went from going, you know, when people ask, what do you do for a living? Um, blah, 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 um, to going, yeah. I'm a psychic, you know, take it or leave it. I don't, I've, you know, um, one of the things that I found really helpful, and I think this is helpful for a lot of people who are doing something that's a little more unusual, is to not try to convince anyone of anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just present what you do and just show the world what, you know, what you're up to and leave it at that. I think in my early days, because I was so excited about what I discovered, you know, to me, it's like, oh, I've discovered the meaning of life. And, and I, I really wanted to uh, share that. But I found, interestingly, that if I tried to, uh, if I tried to convince somebody yeah. that I would dry up, I would, I would run out of words. It was like the soul is going no it's not your job you don't have to you don't have to do this interestingly yeah. one of the the fears that i was working through is self-expression which comes from a past life where you've been perhaps persecuted for uh speaking your truth or or being who you are you know it could be the written word it could be um somewhere where you got, you maybe you expressed yourself and you got into trouble something went uh went wrong so uh I was I was working through that fear where the fear is that something bad will happen. You put your put put stuff out there, so it was a real challenge with my first book. Especially my, I work with these spirit guides who are going, okay, well you need to talk about your story, and I was going, oh god, this is getting going from bad to worse. You know, they want me to talk about myself, and um, but I did it, and it was, you know I'm glad I did it. it. Was people found it very helpful to to know where I came from and mm -hmm. that I'm not some academic in an ivory tower or some guy who just thinks he knows better i'm just you know just the messenger so uh explaining some of my journey and yeah. the fact that i am just a 
you know, just a muggle, really. It, it, you know, I, I think that's how a lot of people have said, you know, they, they really appreciated me sharing that. So I was glad I did, but it wasn't easy when I had that fear. Yeah. Interestingly, it's one fear that you're working through in this life. One of the major goals you have for this life is to speak your truth. I'd imagine you're doing pretty well on that right now. <laughs> I'm wondering even if it's why you have a yeah. podcast. I think in this stage, for sure. And when I started, there was so much fear and there mm. was sweaty palms and a visceral. Um, and again, reading through your books and listening to you, I was able to pinpoint the things that I knew in my bones. And I was starting to connect the dots of things, of knowings that then made a lot of sense in terms of past lives, in terms of this insatiable thirst and hunger and desire to teach and share and speak. And I was a little bit um, kind of like had a lot of arms and limbs and flailing about a little, but reading these books helped me go, this is what you're here to do. Mm. Just do it. Don't fight it you know, be open to it and receive the gifts that are all around you. I love that. Yeah. And that was an energetic shift that happened this past year where then a bunch of memories have flooded my dreams. Um, some of that fear um, has come because there was something that happened in past lives with um, whether it's torture or killing or abuse around being kind of witchy and, and leading women and leading groups. And, you know, that right. I'm remembering a lot of things. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you do. I mean, for, for you to be focusing so much on, about where self-expression is really up, well, you know, yeah. you know that you've been persecuted, there's, you know, possibly, you know, accused of sorcery or something yeah. of that kind yeah. that what the i often talk about how the fear of self-expression has three parts to it and you don't necessarily have all three going but for most people it, they would it's part partly it's the like the written word spoken word and being seen that's mm -hmm. the, the the last bit is the one the challenge that so many people have with that fear mm -hmm. putting themselves out there and actually mm -hmm. being visible and that was a bit the big one for me, or one of the big ones anyway. And I'd imagine you had to go through some of that to, uh, <laughs> to do this. Absolutely. And continue to, as I turn more towards talking about past lives publicly. Mm -hmm. um, so tell, does everybody have soul guides and past lives? And like, can everybody have access to that? Or can you give a little bit of that framework in terms sure. of how you see the supports and why it's so important right it's, it should be in the past <laughs> oh yeah yeah I, 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 people ask me that I, I i even had somebody call for a session one time and she just stopped me at the beginning she said uh, i just want you to know i don't want to know anything about past lives i, I only want to know about this life within 10 minutes we're talking about a past life because you couldn't do it without couldn't understand the present without knowing what yeah. what's in the past it was yeah. just impossible so uh well we all have past lives we all have spirit guides. Um, you know, nobody, as I say, is cast adrift in this world without support from the other side. You know, we all have spirit guides, whether or not we're listening to them is, of course, a bit of a different matter. But um, 
they're really sort of guiding you and helping you to make the right appropriate decisions for whatever's whatever you have in your life plan and that's all created before you come here as well with the help of the help of spirit guides um so uh past lives really the thing about past lives is that i feel that they explain everything i honestly believe that there's nothing about we humans that isn't past life related in some way quirks idiosyncrasies your entire personality is past life related i mean you, you developed a, your personality from the past lives that you lived um, all your talents are past life abilities all of them you just learn to do these things and even if what you're doing in this life looks like real high tech and couldn't have done it in the past you would have learned something to get you to, to that place logic or learning fine motor skills whatever it might be so all the time we're building one life on the back of the the, the ones that have gone before now what happens is that we have um our, our, our past lives can go relatively unnoticed um, until there's a trauma. And it's looking like, you know, it's like a heart monitor, you know, it's like pretty flat, but there's a blip, you know, it might be the death in that life or some major trauma. You know, you're abandoned by your mother, boom, that's the thing, that's the thing that stands out and that your soul will find when it gets triggered. So if, um, and so for example, a trigger would be something like, um, Let's say you're a kid and uh, your friend's handing out birthday party invitations and you don't get one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> rejection. If your soul has a big past life fear of issue with rejection from abandonment in a past life or maybe dying alone, what your soul will do is scan the past life, find that, and that fear then comes, comes up. So it's why we often react so out of proportion to something. You know, like we get so triggered by something. Why, you know, why is it so big? Why, you know, some people are really surprised by the, the intensity of emotions that can come up. But that's because you're tapping into something often pretty horrendous from a past life. So, you know, you're being slightly snubbed by a kid at school, but your soul is going to have time when you were um, rejected and maybe died alone or something like that so mm -hmm. it goes to this much darker place and so what i've seen is that over the years i've seen a lot of people heal from stuck issues that appeared to be from this life yeah. but the problem is that actually the fears that are, that are triggered are coming from a previous lifetime so if you actually go back to the past life and deal with that it takes a lot of the heat out of whatever you're dealing with in the present also what i found because of working with twins siblings you can have the same trauma early in this mm -hmm. life but how one reacts to it compared to the other is all dependent on what's in their mm -hmm. soul's past so you know dad was a an uncaring alcoholic one will see might see that all in terms of betrayal and, and trust issues you can't trust adults whatever and the other might see it all it's about you know, low self-esteem, it's, uh, it's lack of self-worth because um, that's in the past life and then they feel like, you know, um, uncared for or whatever. So it's it's always whatever lies in the past shapes how we view, especially how, how we respond to trauma in this life. So get rid of the past life and it's amazing the healing that you can get. I have a, like a, a really specific question on this that came up when I was reading through everything. Is it enough to just name it 
and let it be a possibility on the path towards healing it. Meaning I haven't done a session with you or a past life regression in the past few years. I've done them previously, but not since I've really had this kind of awakening in my forties. And it's almost as if when I was reading and going through the journaling and the way that you frame it is so individual and powerful for um, every reader to really learn their own path. And then you, you set it up. So there's like a prescription for everybody. And just by really doing that, naming the past life careers, naming the fears, naming some of the hurts, I, it felt like things were releasing. Yes. Well, I think, you know, knowledge is power anyway, yeah. so that the, yeah. the more you know about yourself, the more directed you, be, you can become. And it's a big part of why we do this, you know, to figure out, you know, what the block is and help you really go for whatever it is mm. you're supposed to be doing in this life. Again, you know, past lives ex explain so much of that. Um, one principle that's worth mentioning is that th this thing about soul ages, you know, your, your, yeah. your soul obviously ages it, with every lifetime you come here and you have plenty. If you're an old soul, it might be, you know, hundred and something lifetimes. Um, so you might be on, on life 120, but your soul is on life number one because it doesn't die between lives like the body and the conscious mind. So, um, and that's fine. But the difficulty then is your soul can't separate one life easily from the others. It needs help. Um, so often when I, I, I feel like when I tell somebody about a past life uh, and their soul gets it, it's often just like, I feel like it's, as I say, not, not with a bang, but with a whimper. It's just a very gentle kind of thing, but the soul goes, okay, all right. Well, I won't have to, you know, completely freak out and panic every time I have to give a speech now. Uh, now that I know it's a past life issue. So it's really like that sometimes. It just feels like the soul is just going, oh, past life. Okay, thank you for reminding me. I'll, I'll let that one go. I mean, I've really seen, um, we're all different. I've seen people... Yeah heal from somebody I wrote about, I was working with her, um, 20 years of chronic pain disappeared in the moment, the moment she heard about the past life, soul yeah. just let it go. There was no, yeah. there was no present life cause. It was just a memory. It's a ghost memory being carried around in the body. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and, and it went and it didn't come back. You know, and and uh, that's often what I find with uh, past life healing. That the, it does seem to be permanent. You know, if you get a shift, it will. Yeah. You know, usually, you don't. You don't. You it know, feels like a settling, back. like a settling mm -hmm. almost. Like, and then oh, there's yeah. kind of like the the snow globes, and then it kind of settles, and then there's yes. like more space for this sort of present experience. Yeah. Explain the death soul explain that again i don't understand that so you can have a life but the soul is still attached to the past life doesn't realize that oh well what it is is that um every time you okay your 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 soul comes into this world it chooses the the baby it's going to be a part of so the soul comes in from the astral plane that's where we go to process mm -hmm. the life you've had and to prepare for the one that's coming up and so um, the soul comes in, having been conscious throughout the, the astral period, and then uh, it, it basically the soul is, is not dying. So you're in a completely new body new, and a new conscious mind, but same old soul. And so that's why I'm saying it's on life number one all the way 
through because mm -hmm. it's not it's it's not actually dying um and so got it it's just fuzzy it. it's just hard for the soul to recognize i think it's a little bit easier when these things are maybe 500 a thousand years old but more recent past lives it seems like the soul does need some help and often it's just you find a couple of things that will just remind the soul that goes oh right okay that was it that's all i needed to to hear i've i've done a lot of work with children but doing it through their parents mm. and so you know maybe a kid's having night terrors or something and mm. i just tell the parent what happened to the child they tell the child what happened in the past life as a bedtime story age appropriate right you know depending i mean obviously not you know rape and yeah. mayhem and, and, and stuff yeah. necessarily yeah. but you know age appropriate stuff mm. and that can just allow this the the child's soul to go oh okay yeah it's a different life i mean i had one one client whose son was convinced he was um being murdered every night when he went to to sleep and yeah. uh, you know it was all going back to a past life where he had literally been murdered and of course the, mo the moment even though He's a little you know, baby. I don't know. I can't remember how old he was, but you know, consciously he's not really taking it in, but the soul is. So it's like when you're it's telling real, me, yeah. Telling to a person, them. the soul goes, right. Yeah. Oh, that's actually talking about being real. Mm. It was something it, spirit guys brought this up the other day, and it's a, it's useful to remember that every past life you've had, um, you know, to us it's like our past lives, not even sure if I had them, you know, like they're it's, it's vaguely out there. They each past life is as real as this one. This is, yeah. you know, what you know. And uh, that's why the traumas and everything linger. Yeah. It's making me so emotional because I am actually remembering the reason that I became open to and studying past lives was because my <laughs> son, when he was two, started talking about his past life and his, the fire he was in and his other mother and he was missing them and, um, so that's when I became more open. He's almost 10 now uh, to this being a possibility because I was in direct relationship with someone and it was clear that it was his truth. Like it was just true. There was never mm -hmm. a moment when I doubted what he was saying or what his experience was, especially because he didn't have a lot of language. Right. Um, yeah. And just the memories were so clear. So I'm going to follow up with you privately about working with my son because he still has a lot of uh, <laughs> nightmares. I'd be, I'd, oh, I'd be delighted. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh, if we could help that. And he's yeah. still he, and there's a man that's following him every night in his dreams. And so anyway, that's yeah. a side a side note. Put a pin oh, in it. We can we can we can <laughs> okay. fix that. We can absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit. How do you see ego in the mind in all of this? Well, the way it's presented to me and yeah, you know, I, I just uh you know, my understanding of really everything is just bit, you know, what I get from my spirit guides. And mm -hmm. so they would use the term ego really to to describe the conscious mind. And what mm -hmm. they see is the the there are three elements and it's mind, body, and spirit, you know, we mm -hmm. they but the soul doesn't it can't separate them out very easily. Oh, it doesn't see a big difference. Um so ego they, they would they would refer they would when my spirit guides talk about ego, it's definitely the conscious mind. Uh, of course, we need that, you know, we need all three parts. And it's interesting, too, that a lot of times when people are on a more spiritual path, they often mm -hmm. neglect the body mm -hmm. or, or the intellectual mind, you know, sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, they're, uh, but all three parts, mm -hmm. well, we're all different, you know, it depends on who you are, but, you know, you need to, to 
all those parts need to be working appropriately. So, you know, mind, body, and spirit in harmony. The thing is, if one part of the trio is out of whack, it can take the other two parts out as well. And what I mean by that is that if you, let's say you get depressed, you can easily get a spiritual, you know, so like, that's like a mental thing. If, if you, if you, it can give you a spiritual malaise and it can make you physically sick as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or being physically sick can, can end up with, you know, with depression and a spiritual malaise as well. So the, the, the ideal is to make sure that, uh, you know, it's a healthy mind, healthy body and healthy yeah. spirit, really taking care of all those three parts. That's another aspect of what I love so much about your work is that it's not um, trying to shame and say, get rid of this part. And, you know, there's a lot within sort of consciousness that does that. And that's what I really appreciate is the real humanness of your books and how you approach this. What do you think about channeling? Is channeling spirit guides? Or can you talk a little bit about? Yeah, I I mean, essentially what I'm doing is, you know, when I'm working with somebody, I'm channeling, you know, getting this information from the other side. You know, it's just any, um, just a a term really to describe um, how you get that information coming through, you know, you're acting as a channel. Uh, Same for, same thing with healing energy as well yeah. you know you're just acting as a as a channel and we can all do it i mean we it's yeah. like anything you know people say oh can everybody do what you do and well you know yeah yes and no i mean like yeah if you work at it you know some people are going to be better because than others because they're set up that way in the personality yeah. you know it's um it's going to be very much harder for somebody who's totally grounded and you're very much in the left brain or something to to access yeah. that but it can be done but you know it's a bit like you know some people are going to be much better at playing violin or piano or writing or whatever or we've you know, done it others. in a past life exactly. right so if we've yeah. done it in a past life that's why it feels so sort of normal or natural yeah. to be able to access yeah. the wisdom or receive it Right. I see it all the time with, with people who come in t- uh, into this life, you know, I might, I might say, oh, you know, you have a, a past life here. So oh, you're a singer and they go, oh yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a singer in this life. You know, you see often unfinished business from short, disappointing past lives. You know, if you didn't get a chance to complete everything, then you'll want to try and complete it now. The, the, the thing for a lot of old souls is that they, they want to re-experience something, you know, that they did in the past. But sometimes all they want to do is just feel what it was like and then give it up. You do get a lot of that with a lot of old souls, you know, unfinished projects, things they got very enthusiastic <laughs> about, you know, all these things. I don't know anything, the bed. nothing <laughs> you know, about that. You can't relate at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think, um, all right. So I want to talk about um, this idea. I can't remember which book it was in, um, but around old souls and younger souls. So we sort of have like mm-hmm. a priority in our society where we think like being old soul is cool. I've heard you say that right. on other things. Yeah. And, and that's not how you talk about it. Well, everybody everybody wants to be an old soul. You know, like yeah. I, I would say it's kind of strange, isn't it? That in this world, everybody wants to be younger yeah. than they are, but except yeah. when it comes to the soul. <laughs> yeah. you know, oh no, I'm definitely an old soul. But um, it has specific meanings. And yeah, you know, there are, the way the the whole thing's presented to me, this is the instruction that my mm-hmm. spirit guides gave me. That's what they call it, and uh, it's a system. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <I told> you. 
I really in PR and marketing, you can, <laughs> you can give me that affiliate link after. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Literally just love, love them and everybody needs to have them. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so the, the soul ages, we, we, we go through this journey that takes us from being a very, very young soul to being a very, very old soul over many incarnations and something like maybe five or six thousand years you know, total, depending on how long it takes, going sort of back and forth between here and the astral plane until you're you're done, uh, all, all the time experiencing then processing on the astral plane, coming back here, you know, making new choices, you know, new parts of the world. The the soul's journey, uh, I always say it takes, it takes it from a place of me to we, mm-hmm. a place of fear to love. And that's, that. I think this is crucial to understand yes. because it's through living you know like experiencing life that we we learn compassion we learn um ultimately that we're all connected as well there's a lot of people think that uh, you know spirituality is just all about you know meditating doing yoga and calling it good and uh i will say there's much more to that you know these these techniques are often ways to a an end which is you know much more about i mean it's a lot more spiritual to help those less fortunate than yourself, say, than just to, you know, wish somebody namaste. You know, it's like real spirituality is about how you affect other people positively in this life. Um, older souls do tend to get that a little bit more. You know, that as, as the soul ages, it goes from like roughly halfway through, you go from being a young soul to being an old soul. And the, and the difference there is almost like a switch being uh, flicked. It's like a shift from a more external focus in loads of ways to something that's more, there's more introspection, more of an internal uh, view of things. Uh, I mean, it's just, it'll show up in lots of little ways. Uh, an example would be, okay, if you have a past life where you were judged, let's say you were judged and executed. This is where, this is the cause of fear of public speaking or being tested or or stage fright is where you've been judged before and things went it had to lead to death for this and it's surprisingly how common that is with massacres and pogroms and things in in past lives you know so many of us have been affected by that so the reason you get a, a fear coming up is that if you if you're in a situation where you feel you're being judged again the soul goes to that dark place it's irrational but it goes oh my god last time we were being judged we, we, we ended up being killed. So it, you get that fight or flight thing. The soul's trying to get you out of a situation that's dangerous. Um, so, uh, and of course, to, to, to heal, a lot of it's just, a, you know, reminding the soul, oh, this is a past life, don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but the difference and how these fears show up between young and old souls is interesting because the younger soul tends to externalize everything, whereas the, the older soul tends to internalize. One of the... <laughs> I've been asked this so many times. People will say, when I tell them in the first session, I'm working with them and I say, oh, you're an extremely old soul and I can you know, tell them exactly where. And the usual thing is, if I'm such an old soul, how come I have so many fears and anxieties? Mm-hmm. Well, it has to do with the veil becoming very thin at this stage. You know, you're tapping into your past lives a lot more. Um, but it's also got to do with how the old soul internalizes so let's say with judgment 
So the younger soul has had an experience where it's been judged and executed, and then it comes into the next life. <clears throat> and it'll actually be, the, the fear of judgment will actually be imposed on other people. That, that mm. soul, that person will become very judgmental, yeah. very critical of others. The old soul will drive it inwards and become incredibly critical of themselves. I always joke when I find somebody like that and working with them, I'll, mm. I'll joke about how they don't need anybody else putting them down because they'll do a really good job on their own. Mm. You know, be hypercritical, beating themselves up. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, so we, you know, I, the, the part that was so resonant to my own life was over the summer when I could literally hear protest and was participating in protests in my neighborhood against um, a number of things, but primarily racial justice and the killing of black people in uh, by the police. And one of the things that you talked about was this mental shift or difference in older and younger souls that was not in terms of judging or shaming people who were still in a, who were literally still seeing good and bad and hierarchy within human beings. Mm. And you were talking about, um, I think it was one in one of your recordings too, where you, or your Sunday recordings where you were talking about like, we don't have to be aggressive or angry at people who are thinking differently than us. They literally do not, they do see difference. Part of the younger yeah. soul map and the way you map it out so beautifully in your books and, and, and the sort of full range is that I was getting so angry and really getting enmeshed emotionally with the world's energy and living in DC. It's, it's like has mm. been a hub of difficult sure. energy for a while now. Um, and it gave me this little bit of space to have compassion um, and not so much aggression and anger vibrating through me around others, but this little bit of space of possibility. So when I went back out on the streets protesting, I felt embodied and loving. That's wonderful. I mean, that, that yeah. It was like a Coming, totally different shift. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, a lot of people say that, uh, you know, what I've written uh, helps them with acceptance of others, and particularly these younger souls. Because, oh my God, it, it, it can drive you nuts as an old soul, especially because you are seeing so much more clearly what, what the truth is, you know, particularly like I was saying, it's something you're focusing on. So, you yeah. you know, in this life, so you're, you're seeing it, you know, more like, I guess, none of us truly see the whole picture. Of course we can't, but yeah. older souls are going to have, um, just based on your experience, you're going to have more, um, skepticism uh more more ability to understand nuance and so on uh younger souls see everything in black and white older souls see it all shades of gray that's something yeah. I, I talk about and uh, that the the younger souls are are very 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 fear based uh fear of the other you know i mean you see you know all all the fear that's out there but you know fear around black people fear around uh you know, liberals or whatever you know it's like yeah. So, like these people who feel that they have to be, you know, heavily armed and, you know, look all macho. And it's really just, it's, it's a fear response. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is something I could talk for days about, so I don't want to get totally on the soapbox yeah. there, but yeah. um, so, you know, it's, it is easy to get really angry. I, I put in my last book about how 
if your three-year-old flushes your watch down the toilet, okay, you have a right to be pissed off, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, but also you recognize that it's a three-year-old, you know, like, or, or, or you don't, or another one I said is you don't get angry with your seven-year-old because they go, dad, I don't know how to drive the car, you know, what, what right. you want me to drive. No, you got to be, you know, reasonable. They haven't got there. And I, th I think if you look at younger souls and remember, because we tend to judge people by our own standards. Right. Know, and, uh, <laughs> that can be the frustration you know oh yeah it's like well you know i think where you think of oh, if, if i could just explain logic to them doesn't work that they haven't got the experience yeah. plus younger souls yeah. are all they they're all they respond emo emotionally that so forget about the facts they're going to be much more driven by emotions hence the hot button topics like abortion and guns and everything um that keeps them involved don't have to ask any complicated questions yeah um and all the stuff that's happening with QAnon right now. It's yeah. a lot of, you know, young soul fear. Um, and, you know, I mean, the old soul looks at some of that stuff and goes, this is batshit crazy. And, but uh, the younger souls are, they don't have that um, discernment. They don't have the experience right. to, to be able to easily tell the difference between what's, what's real and what's not. Um, you know, as an old soul, you're basing uh, a, a lot of your understanding of any topic on um, you, on how you process intellectually and also um, uh, intuitively. Mm -hmm. So, like mm -hmm. if you know, if um, so, if for example, um, you know, I I got, I got a, a text message from somebody the other day, um, you know, wondering why I supported Oprah when she's um, eating babies, and now. Oprah is not eating babies, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> and I don't have to, as an old soul, I don't have to do a background check on her or like, you know, hire a private mm. detective to figure out, is, is, is Oprah drinking the blood of babies? Mm. No, she's absolutely not. You're, because yeah. a combination yeah. of intuition and intellect will tell you this is yeah. utterly absurd. So... But it's it's something you can get emotionally fired up about as a young soul, yeah. you know. Okay, his facts aren't so important, but you know, uh, or even how the the QAnon uh, yeah. brigade have have um, you know made this thing about saving saving children part part of the platform, yeah. because you know who doesn't want to do that? Right. Absolutely. You know, right. sure we should all do, um, but it's an emotional one. Yeah. How could you say? Yeah. You know, how how can you criticize them if when they if they want to save babies, but then, you know, how they're going about it, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole thing is fundamentally, you know, absurd. So I just really appreciate those, like I said, human threads. And I was on a walk with a friend this summer after I had kind of read this and processed it and then had my own experience. I was explaining to her your teachings around this. And she was like, do you really believe all of this pleasance? Do you really? And I looked at her and I was like, I, um, it almost doesn't matter that question because I know how loving and compassionate and open I feel if that's a possibility of truth. Mm -hmm. So it was like it, my mind, like it didn't need to get all involved in proving or not proving or disproving or what's the soul age or the micro it was like yeah. just just hearing the teaching had a resonance that was that felt true 
and felt like truth and allowed me to have sort of a more vibrant, alive experience of living the summer, which is like what it means to be human. So that's what I just want to like name is that if people are struggling with what's true, what's not true, how do you prove this? Is it real? In my lived experience, I don't need to know all of that because there's like a knowing and a resonance that vibrates that then is helping me see alignment and clarity and sort of next right step that's right in front of me from a much more beautiful, expansive place rather than the shutdown constricting tightness. Yes. Well, part of how, how, part of how you are put together or you've put yourself together for this life, um, you've got quite a strong intellectual center, but you, you know, you're actually (laughs) one of these people who's a little bit divided down the middle of, you know, left brain, right brain. Um, And (laughs) at the age you're at, you know, not the soul age, but just the, the, actual age you're at uh, one of the bigger lessons will be learning to tap more into the intuitive part of you Mm -hmm. and you don't have to make sense of everything (laughs) it's you know you don't have to you know write a dissertation about everything (laughs) that comes up in your life you know sometimes just as a really good lesson just to just accept it and say well this is my truth you know that you know, people will, will you know, read my books and they'll say to me, you know, and I just felt from a, the moment I started reading it, so it just felt like, yeah, this is this, this is uh, truth, you know. So, um, and that's just a, you know, as an old soul, my book's going to appeal to older souls. I mean, younger souls don't read that sort of stuff at all. Yeah. So I, I never have to you know, have any discussions with them about that. But, you know, older souls will feel like, yeah, it resonates with me. Yeah. And that's really what it is because... And, you know, for, for most of us as old souls, part of what we, we do develop is that uh, spidey sense, sixth sense kind of thing yes, about people, yeah. uh, you know, a better BS detector than maybe when you were a younger soul. Yeah. And you'll see it with just, you know, um, Trump, for example, you know, like, uh, you know, older souls going, how, how on earth do these younger souls not see through? Yeah. but it's just lack of experience yeah. and um, the tendency to see what you, what you see is what you get. So, you know, um, yeah. and I think he's a good example of this because he violates all the core values that are important to, mm. yeah. um, to old souls, yeah. truth, you know, for example, yeah. you know, all those, all those lies, it's, it's offensive, but for a younger soul who doesn't have that same, I used the word discernment before. I think that's, yeah, that's probably the right word. They just don't have the, the experience to be able to tell the difference. And they go, oh, no, you know, he said he's going to bring all these jobs back or he's going to do this or whatever. And the old soul's going, that's just full of shit. You know, it's not mm-hmm. ever going to happen, you know. But mm-hmm. younger souls, um, and then, we'll, you know, unfortunately, what will happen is that then these younger souls will feel very betrayed and, you know, extremely let down and, and quite confused probably um, because this is not the way they thought it was was going to go especially when you get the sort of uh like mob mentality or you get the sort of like group think kind of happening lots of people and following that sort of very flawed charismatic leader it 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 doesn't usually go well but i digress where where were we going with all of that helped put it into context Mm -hmm. of a bigger picture of understanding rather than getting into the micro yes and and that felt and that just feels again that that deep resonance 
Um, there was one other part in the in one of the books, I don't remember which one, around old soul women. You said this is very common. And I like literally remember the moment I was reading it. I was in the sauna. <laughs> and it's like old soul women marrying younger soul men often come oh, to yeah. me. And you know, <laughs> and then you went through a whole story about um how it works out and then like kind of the pros and the cons of what that really looks like and then how yeah. around midlife you get these middle-aged women who are old and I was like <laughs> <laughs> yes uh you need me you know and so then what was great was I got out and I spent a few days and a few days later I went on a date night with my husband and I was like so I read this thing and it's really helping me like see us. And we had this beautiful conversation mm. around, you know, again, the sort of spectrum of soul lives and how, I mean, my husband and I have been together since I was 19 and mm. um, we're just so fun. We're just so different in so many ways. And there's been times when it's worked and times when it hasn't. And this summer in the height of the intensity of the political and racial and economic fires in our home, in our backyard. It felt like that in our home with those differences of ours really pulling us apart. And mm -hmm. I just wanted you to know, I use that story not to fix, not to anything, but just to kind of use it as a, a lens in which to bring us closer together. Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. I love and that. It, and yeah. it, I mean, so far, so good. Um, obviously, it's marriages are dynamic. <laughs> of course. But well, what you're talking about there is it's yeah. a soul agreement. We make agreements yes. with, with other souls to come together and have relationships. And so you make a, a, a romantic agreement with another soul, you know, come, come together. But this is something that I see very often. I mean, I... I I would I would say that I see it frequently, maybe probably easily once a month, I'll come across somebody who's got this going on. So if they're the old soul like you, um, you're at the you're kind of, well, almost at the middle point of level 10, you're really getting up there as far as soul age goes right up there. So what happens is you typically you get the spiritualist, spiritually oriented, older soul woman who says, in this life, I don't want to have to just be dealing with survival issues. I want to be able to explore my spirituality or my creativity or whatever it is. I don't want to have to be just, you know, working 10 hours a day in an office or whatever, never having time for myself. So the, the agreement is to meet or to, to attempt at least. There's never any sort of guarantee with these things that just it's simply the, the agreement is to give it a chance, see if it will work out. So you choose usually a slightly younger soul male um, with in his personality, soul types, hunter or leader. Usually in my experience, it's been the, the, the hunter. So this is somebody who's got, you know, usually a lot more masculine energy, you know, <laughs> man's man kind of mm -hmm. person. And if you go back to the early days, you know, 50,000 years ago or something, you know, when we, we, we humans, we got the kind of consciousness that we have roughly, well, the guide say 55,000 years ago. And so we became very aware that we had different purposes. Each, each of us had a different purpose in the, in the tribe. And we were there to, to, you know, bring our qualities, you know, I, I'm a creator type. So I would have been the potter or some, or mm -hmm. maybe I'm 
you know, made jewelry or something in the past life, you know, in a, you know, early, early life. Um, the hunters were the ones who had a very clear mandate. You know, all, all they had to do was go out, catch the, the animal, bring it back, job done. And what it means that if you have that characteristic mm -hmm. in, in your partner as an old soul woman, he's going to be a really great provider mm -hmm. because the survival of the, the tribe or extended family back thousands of years ago was, was really all down to whether or not the hunters could complete their task, whether they could bring the food back mm -hmm. or not. So this is one reason why that, well, this is great. You, the, you get more freedom. Yeah. That person is driven and very, very happy usually to, to just be the provider because that's what they're programmed to do. So there's usually no resentment. They don't have that, usually that feeling of like, well, when are you just going to start, you know, bringing in more money or whatever? Mm -hmm. It's usually just, they feel like, no, I, this is the agreement. I'm going to help, not consciously, but they, yeah. they know that they're there to help you to complete the things that you do. So then you, um, so typically you meet, maybe you meet in college or something or um, mm -hmm. your first job or somewhere like that, you know, let's say early twenties. Mm -hmm. And then as you were alluding to, you, you, <laughs> you hit 40 or something and the soul <laughs> is kind of, well, the soul's conscious of the decades coming up. So, mm. so it is very aware of decade markers. So it, it says, okay, well, where, where are we going from now? How are we doing with this relationship? And often it's that's where you you know you can get the midlife crisis and so on. It's the yeah. soul pushing through and going, are we really where we need to go? So sometimes the mm. the 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 problem you hit at that point is that there has to be a compromise. You know, if you're with mm -hmm. if you're with a younger soul and with somebody who's very in their body, very uh, grounded, uh, you know, hunter to younger soul hunter type. They're not going to take care of the emotional needs as much as they are the, you know, putting bacon on the table and mm -hmm. the, the, the survival stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's the complaint I get. It's like, well, I don't seem to be able to ever get to any deep emotional place. And sometimes you just have to accept, well, that was the compromise that you, you're, you felt was reasonable was that, okay, I'm not going to get the intimacy, but I will get the security. So there's a Sometimes that has to be revalued. You know, I mean, somebody will get to 40 and say, I'm not sure. I mean, I certainly see this where somebody will say, I think I really, you know, not that I screwed up, but I think I really should have made a different yeah. decision. Because if you're working through heart chakra issues in this life, uh, maybe from some terrible experience in a past life, um, gosh, well, you, you um, forgotten where i was going with that particular thought where was i where was i going chakra <laughs> and your relationship and that sometimes it's better sometimes you do move apart at that stage because yes. you're yeah, working really with something it's, it's, yeah. yes i was going to say yeah. yes of course the, the heart chakra wanting to um really get more intimacy yeah. you know that's the the again it might not be so such a big deal in your 20s but yeah. it once you start to get you know later in life yeah. um then that's where what's missing can be really highlighted. So, if, yeah. you know, if you're really seeking that intimacy and you're not getting it, that's that's a problem. Um, the other thing that can piss the partner of somebody who's <laughs> a younger soul hunter off is, you know, what I was saying about how the hunters would go out and hunt and they bring bring the woolly mammoth mm -hmm. or whatever back, mm -hmm. and you know, they didn't then feel that they didn't have to then prepare dinner 
or <laughs> yeah. anything else, you know? Right, they were they like, just, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, absolutely, I'm done. And so what you get is this, um, you know, you, you get the guy who, the younger younger soul hunter guy comes home, he's he's worked all day, he does not then expect to have to make dinner yeah. or anything else. <laughs> so the complaint I then get is, yeah, all he wants to do is sit in the lazy boy recline or watch football. <laughs> and, uh, you know, well, yeah, he's he feels like he's done when he was job. here to, yeah yeah it's it's like yeah. that, absolutely um that is not the case for my mel just for anybody listening because <laughs> my mel is so like then tries to come home and make dinner and do the dishes oh. and do the laundry like he has his drive is very anyway that's a different again that's a we'll put a pin on it so that we can yes. do his soul stuff but he he has a like a really unique um obligation in that way that he feels that's so. kar- karmic if yeah. if somebody has let you down in a past life, mm. you'll find that the the agreement is often more one sided. The typical agreement uh. between two souls coming together in a partnership is uh, it's a mutual support agreement. But you'll sometimes find the um, if if somebody wants to make things up to you, that it's a one sided agreement. They're there to to really yeah. do things for you. Mm. And the 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 crazy thing is that sometimes people feel like oh. Oh no, you don't need to do all these things, you know. Uh, yeah. Please no. But you actually should let them because that's the, yeah. this is the agreement, yeah. you know, between yeah. souls. You know, they want to help you. They want to do yeah. things for you. If yeah. he's getting a lot of pleasure from it and there's no resentment about it, or he feels fulfilled, yeah, absolutely let him. Because this this could be his way of balancing uh, mm. one life, uh, you know, against the next. You know, he wasn't there for you or something in the past, so he's really going to be uh-huh. there for you now. Yeah. I love that because my like intention for 2021 is receive. Mm. So I'm doing a lot of like Kabbalah study. That's all about receiving. That's so delicious and just feels yummy and listening to yourself and then watching him and like receiving his love has been an intention mm. that I'm like opening to. So that feels really. Oh, that's great. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and especially you, because you are working through heart chakra issues. Mm. And learning to really open up your heart chakra and yeah. feel safe. You know, you have to yeah. feel safe to be able to do that. You know, if you're with somebody you really trust, yeah. then you can. And uh, yeah, big lessons there. Um, there's so many more things I want to ask and talk about, but I'm mindful of your time. And you have a membership, you have books, and I want people to feel um, that want to keep going because this is your life's work. And there's so much more about um, especially around like practices and rituals and alignment, you have great names for the different stages and for the types and past life. Also then those prescriptions around really what the journaling and the, and the reflections and the meditations for your own soul path are along with the soul, um, constellations. I, I don't remember if you use constellation. I don't use the the term, no, but it's, but yeah. So the, the coming together and reincarnating together and yeah, soul all of family. that, mm-hmm. the soul family, we always say in our community that we're soul family and that's how we found yeah. each other. You know, we feel oh, like, I think that's probably absolutely true. Yeah, that's how it works. Like radi- like those like heart beams to each other. Cause um, we don't know how we all got here, but it feels yeah. so good. So, um, I'm really encouraging people to explore all of your options. I'll put all of the links. Is there anything else that you would want anyone to know or that feels really important to say? Well, I would uh, invite 
anyone who's interested to join us on Soul World Sunday. We just do a half hour uh, broadcast every Sunday for yeah. people people who are more spiritual, not so much religious. Uh, so yeah. it's a little gathering. Yeah. Um, so if you just uh, check that out on the website, and uh, you know we do we we do this every week. We've been doing it most of the year, so or most yeah. this last year, and people are finding that you know I think with COVID and everything, I think they're yeah. you know really appreciating that. So it's it's turned into quite a community. So I would encourage. Yeah, and that. it's question and answer. You usually give a little talk and a question yeah. and answer, and there is a recording sent out. We often have our community stuff on Sunday afternoon, so I'll miss the live, but then I get mm. the recording and I can listen to it uh, to start the week. It's really beautiful. Yeah, well, we're, we're just loving doing it. I do it with my my partner in life and business, mm. Christine. And uh, so it's really given us, I don't know, it's, it seems like uh, so aligned with both our higher purposes that we, we just, uh, yeah. it's a, we keep saying it's every week we go, this is the highlight of the week. <laughs> we really just mm. love doing it. Um, I have this membership program. If you go to soulworld.com, um, Soul World Community. We've got classes, workshops, progressions, daily messages from the guides, all sorts of stuff going on there. So very, very active, very active forum. A lot of people involved. It's, it's a great place to come and discuss. Also, I think it's a, a place, you know, when you, when you, maybe you don't have people in your life who, who you can talk to about spiritual yeah. things. And it's a place you can come yeah. to and be totally safe and, uh, you know, open up, to start talking about spirit guides and no one's going to think you're crazy. One thing I didn't touch on that I just want to make sure people hear is what are the past life fears or current life chronic issues that this is helpful for? Because, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, that's not for me, mm -hmm. but maybe it's insomnia or back pain yep. or what are those few things that you think Abs you absolutely. see a lot? I mean, yeah. let me just uh, list, uh, list a few of those things. Yeah. Well, insomnia. Uh, yeah. certainly that's a, a past life thing for a lot of people if you've had something traumatic has happened during the hours of darkness um, then what can happen is your soul can make you stay awake because it's it wants to make sure you're safe then it gets to 3 30 or whatever time yeah. where something awful happened before in another lifetime and it goes okay we're safe we can sleep now a lot of people who've had trauma at night uh, in a past life get their best sleep when the sun's starting to come up the hours of darkness are the, the time of uh, fear or concern. If something happened in your home, it would cause you to feel unsafe there, maybe checking the doors and windows. If it was outside of the home, sometimes you might be afraid when they're stressed out, when you're out late at night in the dark, you know, something like that. Um, uh, fertility issues are something that come up mm. from time to time. Um, that's, I think, surprised a lot of people that, that should have that there should be a past life component, but a lot of us have uh, died in childbirth or had experiences that that the soul then associates with death, and uh, so sometimes the soul will actually affect you f physiologically to to prevent uh, fertility, you know, to cause fertility issues, so that it's because where it's going is like it's ah it's not safe, and uh, there's a, there've been a couple of people that I've worked with where. They, it, it looked like they were never going to have a, a child. And then we just did the past life work, found out that they had died alone in childbirth or something awful. Well, one of them is something terrible had happened. And it was um, the, the souls, not surprisingly, were going, well, I don't want to go through this again. We're, you know, if we do this, we're going to die. People think the soul has all the answers. It, it, 
doesn't. It's just, it's learning. It's coming. And that's why it keeps coming back. If it had all the answers, we'd never bother coming here. So, uh, so it's fertility. I've seen uh, migraines related to uh, head trauma. Mm -hmm. Beheading uh, in past lives causes uh, neck and shoulder pain. Mm -hmm. And often that lifts very, very quickly. Uh, people who have been hanged in a past life often have uh, throat chakra issues. Mm -hmm. There can be thyroid <clears throat> things. Hashimoto's disease seems to come up a lot. Um, uh, let me see. I mean, if you work through the body, you can Everything. see all these things. Right. You know, where Got you know, it. you'll find places where you've been shot or stabbed. You know, if I, I might be looking at a past life and say to somebody, yeah. "Well, you know, I see you were stabbed in your abdomen. Do you have any unexplained pains?" And I'll say, "Oh, you know." I, the pains, you know, he used to go mm -hmm. to the hospital when I was a kid and I could never figure it out. That's usually the common thing is like doctors mm -hmm. can't figure it out because right. it's a, right. it's, it's not, right. it's not a physical issue. You know, it's a, it's this memory. And that's why sometimes it can just shift so quickly. There's a lot of um, uh, yeah. changes you can get with becoming more empowered. If you've been disempowered in a past yeah. life, for example, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you were a prisoner and you're enslaved or something. Um, that can create a terrible fear of powerlessness. You'll know you have that if you've ever used the term, don't tell me what to do. That is a sign that you have been disempowered in a past life and your soul is triggered. <laughs> so if somebody tells you that they order you rather than asking you to do something, that's a huge problem. No. <laughs> sound, <Yeah>. sound familiar? <laughs> and uh, but, but then what's interesting about that is that you, um, you want to become empowered, but you also want to empower others as yeah. well. Something else that you're doing, and it's a really interesting thing, if you don't mind me talking about it, yeah, a little yeah. bit more, is because I, when my most recent book came out last year, mm -hmm. uh, I did a, I had a flurry of podcast interviews, and, mm -hmm. uh, and so I did it, quite a bunch, and and I, would, I was doing just little, you know, micro readings just before to see, see what was coming up, mm -hmm. and um, I found that everybody, everybody that interviewed me, without exception, was working through a past life fear of rejection. Not the only thing, but it, they, they all had that abandonment. It can be death mm -hmm. on a battlefield, death, you know, uh, loneliness at the end of the, 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 the life, or it can be abandonment from a mother or society or organization or whatever, church, excommunicated, but, re, you know, big rejection. And what the soul does to try and heal that is to belong because the more you can belong and not be rejected, the, the, <laughs> the, the more you heal. So the elevated way of, of doing that, so real sort of fast track is to bring people in, you know, it's like Pied Piper or, you know, oh, yeah. a, a nighter. So that's the, that's what you've got going on here. You're yeah. trying to heal your own, yeah. your own stuff by bringing people together, making a safe place for people who, may also share that same fear. You, you bring them together and they, they feel like they, they belong. It's yeah. hugely healing. I mean, it's uh, the, the little sort of karmic tendrils or whatever. I mean, it goes out and affects so many people positively. You know, you, you may not be aware of it, but, you know, what you're doing here is hugely, hugely spiritual work. It's like really making a difference in the world. And, uh, you know, we, of course, we need more people doing that. Yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, resonates a, a million percent and <laughs> so deeply with that path of finding the way to belonging by creating a community where you belong. So definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we did it in part with our Soul World community as well. It, yeah. uh, it, we know that we're bringing people yeah. who 
who are on that spiritual path may yeah. not feel that they have people to yeah. around them they can really share things with and it's yeah. a, it's a safe place yeah. to be yeah um wait i do have one more question i have to ask you how do yeah. you manage your own energy and what you're seeing of other people's life like what are your hygiene do you even need any at this point or are you just <laughs> that's a good question uh, yeah when i first started doing this um I, w I was um, I was absorbing other people's stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was, I mean, to a point where at one, uh, well, it, it was an instant when I, I started working out of a shop and I was picking up on, on the energy of everybody yeah. in the place. And uh, I thought, oh, you know, I think my career is over. I can't do this. I was so, so uh, flooded with stuff and I couldn't separate it out. So I did a little bit of work with my spirit guys. It took me about five minutes probably less. It was amazingly <laughs> quick. And uh, I've never really had a problem again. So we, what huh. we worked on was just making sure that I wasn't taking in other people's energy and yeah. keeping it stuck. Because a lot of people will do that. A lot of, yeah. you know, empaths, it's very hard sometimes to tell what's yours and what's other people's. Mm -hmm. You know, you can walk into a party and you suddenly pick up on everyone's energy. And it's it can be really debilitating. You know, I'll, I'll get people, for example, I'll work with somebody and they say, I've it's happened a few times where I said, you know, you're really meant to be a therapist. And the person goes, oh, yeah, really? Well, I wanted to be, and I, or maybe I started studying it or something. And they, but they said, oh, I, I took on everybody's energy and I just couldn't do it. I'm too, you know, I, I feel too deeply. And that's great. Yeah, they're incredibly empathic, but it's the wounded empath. You know, they need to yeah. fix that wound so that they're not being, you know, being so affected by other people's stuff. And I think if you, you know, for anybody who's working, you know, yeah. whether it's healing or reading with people or whatever, it is, it's important that you keep that boundary that you, because, you know, it's not much good if you're falling apart when you're trying to help other people. So, um, so I kind of learned that stuff very early on. It's not been a problem. You know, people often say to me, oh my God, you could, you, you get, uh, you know, stressed out having to deal with people's problems. And it's not that I'm not caring and compassionate, but I don't carry, I don't carry yeah. stuff with me. Um, yeah. And that's been a, a, a very intentional process to make sure that I'm not, there's nothing to be gained from me, you know, walking around and being debilitated by other people's yeah. stuff. So. Amen. Uh, and I yeah. actually think now that we're naming this, this is the other reason I'm drawn to you because I've had other folks in the past and I'll be able to read that when I see them, either their website or hear them that I feel they're holding their clients um, mm. for the people they work with. And so my, a lot, my system or my goddess, she always is like, nope, not for you. Nope, not for you. Cause I can read that. And so yeah. I found, and that's why I'm not surprised all these connections and unraveling to this receiving and energetics and watching kind of the flow of, um, how energy works and not taking on other people's stuff and holding it, but really then releasing it back out and having more of that dynamic mm -hmm. relationship. And so I just want to really affirm and validate that that's like what I'm getting from you and how powerful and important that is in the, this work, because I think, um, it's, it is, it is very, uh, normal, you know, quite popular and normal to hold. And that's yeah. not always serving anyone, you know? No, so, absolutely. It's not. Yeah. yeah you're abs yeah. absolutely right. 
Um, okay, thank you. Thanks for oh everything. Gosh. Thank you for oh. your words, your brilliant books, the way they are thank accessible. So I can put them in people's hands and it makes sense. It's not confusing. It's not way out there and it's tangible. You are a gift. Oh thank my you. gosh. Well, thank, thank you so much for saying <laughs> And back at you. I mean, like, <laughs> thank you for what you're doing. And like I say, I just wish more people were doing this. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and well, here's to more. <laughs> and, and they will, they will in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. thank you for all, all that you do. And thank you for, you know, inviting me <laughs> to be with you today. I've, I've really had a blast. And uh, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I was like, I'm going to write this email. We'll see what he says. And when you were like, <laughs> yes, your assistant said, oh, sure. He said, yes. I was like, <laughs> so excited so. we run everything by the spirit guides so you got you got approval oh, two I thumbs up from the guides <laughs> Woo -woo. thank yeah. you Ainsley take well, care thank, thank you, you. Pleasant. So, well take care bye bye for now bye. bye your soul is on a journey with one overarching mission to truly understand all there is to know about being human this is why you've been coming here to the physical plane for millennia and why your many incarnations have given you the opportunity to grow by experiencing life in every part of the world. In your earliest incarnations, the lives you lived were simple. You hunted, fished, fell in love, reproduced, and came to grips with being in solid body form within the safety of the tribe. But when you were ready, you began to look beyond the village walls to make the world your school. Your soul's thirst for growth has constantly impelled you from within to keep exploring. Over the span of thousands of years, you've marched with mighty armies, built monuments to your gods and kings, and sought ways to give your life meaning. You've lived lives of wealth and power, and many more of drudgery, brutality, and powerlessness. You learned about justice and compassion through suffering and hardship, and taught younger, less experienced souls powerful lessons that you embodied from firsthand knowledge. Your soul saw every experience, however harsh, as an opportunity for growth. You loved and lost, but in doing so, learned the importance of love. You killed and were killed, and that taught you to value the sanctity of life. As an old soul, you've been visiting and revisiting this world for something like five or 6,000 years. You've explored different genders and race. You've been gay, straight, and everything in between. You've worn every skin color. And throughout your long and often arduous trek, your choices have always been made to ensure a well-rounded education. Now, here you are, back on the planet once more. The question is, why? To answer that, it's essential to know what led, you, led to your decision to be here again. Without knowing where you've been, you can never truly know where you're going. And everything from the circumstances of your birth to your dreams and aspirations is influenced by your soul's past. In fact, I don't think I can stress this enough. Everything you are, your personality, your beliefs, your aspirations, your talents, your fears is entirely the result of your soul's many lifetimes of experience. Ooh, exhale, y'all. This, uh, the section I just read is from the Old Souls Guidebook, Who You Are, Why You're Here, and How to Navigate Life on Earth from Ainsley McLeod. Um, 
Today's episode is my conversation with Ainsley. I've read all his books. I'm a huge fan. I don't know if what he's saying is, as I say in the in the conversation with him, like, I don't know if it's true. I can't prove anything externally. All I know is my lived experience. All I know is how profoundly potent his books and teachings have been, I've been sharing them for the past months and lots of mini conversations. And today's episode is like a coming out party of, for me, of some of these things I've been studying um, that have explained a lot of things, why this matters, um, what, how to normalize some of the knowings that I have that don't make sense in this realm. And just in general, his work has brought so much richness, joy, energy, and depth to my actual lived human experience. And during a time this past year of such great sorrow and hard things and transformation, what a gift it is to find something that brings you really deep resonance. So I hope you enjoy today's conversations. Please let me know. Reach out if you've read his books or you're intrigued. Um, I'd love to do a study group for our community with the Old Souls Guidebook um, or the instruction. We can kind of see how it goes, but this is my introduction and offering to you all. I hope it intrigues and invites you to continue to awaken, expand, and liberate from the constraints of life and also provide a resource of depth, a well of spirit and source and possibility to enhance and engage your life. All right, enjoy. Enjoy. 